Welcome to E20, your unofficial EastEnders podcast. Well, I've just bought a new shell suit. In the <gasps> sales, you know, it's on sale. Yeah. £2,000. Absolute bargain, Emma. And I'm just really worried because I've just been in the clinic and some random woman stole my 12-week scan. Connor, so what are we got coming up this week, Emma? We have your usual roundup, your hero and slapping Dan. We play the storyline lottery, but first, here's the jingle. Dun 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 dun. dun, dun, dun. You ain't my mother. Yes, I am. My boy, Blimey, Mr. Butcher. Fifty-seven was my nan. Fifty-seven was everyone else. One minute we'll be looking at each other. The next. Rubbing each other's clothes off. Mother always said I could be a star. Hope, Hope you enjoyed, enjoyed the fireworks. Good, Good night. This week, we were introduced to another new character. I mean, we've got Caleb, who is just a lovely guy. He sends lovely poems over, doesn't yeah. he? And then, obviously, we've got the um, Irish guy, who often threatens Connor on the phone. But I, I, mean, I don't hold it against him, Emma. I don't hold it against him. <laughs> I mean, you, you need to stop sending the videos. That's all I'm going to say. What can I say? He needs to say them. He needs to say them. He's not impressed. And, well, this week, to join the trio that we've named SIC, S-I-C, stands for the guy we're about to introduce, Irishman, <laughs> and Caleb, it's Shell Suit Stan. <gasps> They can't come for Stanley's gig. Come on. No. There's only one Stan. That's Stanley Carter. <laughs> Master? <laughs> Match it. Sylvie just rises back up and goes, Master? And they're like, no, no, Sylvie, not your Stan. Not your Stan. Look. No, no, this she's one's like, shell suit Stan. Yeah, she just floats away looking for her Stan. I loved how this all began as well. Like, after a night of passion in the arches, Phil's pinging her cat's lingerie. He's pinging that at her. And then um, he gets a phone call and and Cat quite kindly decides she'll she'll answer that call. Hello, it's Phil Mitchell's PA. He's wondering if you could share some fashion advice to someone nicknamed on Phil's phone, Shell Suit Star. I mean, it's already (laughs) off to a perfect start here. (laughs) I think the fact he so confidently as well says Stan on the phone and everything. Yeah, I know. And he's like saying that, oh yeah, Kat's quite confident and all this and having a laugh. And he's like, Stan, Stan, Stan. Throughout the conversation, we find out soon. That's not his name at all. Do you know what? I've done that as well. I remember I went, when, when I was working in, um, in Birmingham, uh, I went for my first day and I was calling this girl by the completely wrong name the entire time <gasps> and it wasn't it wasn't until I was sat talking to my boss and saying how nice this girl was <laughs> and stuff that she was like oh you mean <laughs> such and such 
I was like, oh my God, no, the embarrassment, <laughs> the cringe. That will sit with you forever now. You'll think about it at like 3 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> You'll be on your deathbed and that will still be in, in your head. When you do something like that, you will still return to that embarrassing moment. It's the way it just pops up. It's like, remember me? It is. It's evil. It sneaks in, doesn't it? But you know what it reminded me of? Not to the same extent because nothing, nothing will ever come close. But the fact he always so confidently said Keanu. It is. And then it kind of also reminds me of how we so confidently used to call Father Dermot, (laughs) Father Dominic. Yes, and that. Oh my God. <laughs> right. There was a quiz online. Some of you might have took it. It was um, in my London. I mean, it was on Twitter and someone posted it. Yeah. And it was all about the Slaters. And one of the questions was, like, who is Kat's son that she found out was, like, Zoe's twin? Yeah. Something along those lines. And the, op- the options were Dermot, Duncan, and Daniel, I think, or something to that extent. And. <laughs> I was genuinely looking like, well, it's none of them. It's Dominic. It's none of them. (laughs) (laughs) That's how bad it's gotten, guys. We have convinced ourselves of these things. It's like the Irish guy when he talks on the phone and like, you know, and and whenever he comes up, we always have him say, say the wrong line because we were so convinced, so convinced. I mean, I just... I loved everything about this scene. Like, the fact that Phil's, like, just had a naughty night of passion and then, like, his getting this phone call from some random crazy, like, Russian bloke called Shell Suit Stan. It's just, it's just everything, isn't it? I've just gotten a phone call there, guys. Hello? Oh, it's, it's you, Stan. It's you, Stan. Oh, no, sorry, Stas. Sorry, I keep forgetting. Keep forgetting. And, and have you got any fashion advice for us? Get out of me dressing gown. Okay, okay. Th- <laughs> Thanks, Dad. Thanks. <laughs> we'll go way back, me and Stan. Ever since I, you know, helped him loan us some money. You know, I've told you I've been branching out since lockdown, <laughs> delivering drugs to Ibiza, doing a little bit of money laundering on the side. Got to, got to get them bills, don't you? You got to, got to sort those bills out. <laughs> <laughs> Phil and Kat are enjoying this this new thing that they've got going on. And she's very protective. She's very protective. So even though she's only just started, she's just new, when she finds out that Phil's in a little bit of hot water with Stan, she decides she's going to give him the heads up. I mean, they've only been dating like literally a week and they're already like got each other's backs and I just love it. <laughs> I'm just living for it. I'm like, come on, cat. You oh, criminal stand pair. by your man. <laughs> <laughs> so she gives him a text, doesn't she, She does, because Moe said that our friend, Stan, went to the call centre and was having a business meeting with the Panazars. What will Phil say? Well, Phil says it all. He lets Stan know that the Panasars, he wouldn't trust them as far as he could spit. Which isn't that far, I suppose. I mean, we don't know. He might be an Olympic spitter. We never know, do we? <laughs> Maybe in the yeah. Guinness Book record. Maybe he's <laughs> 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 Imagine, like, there's Phil going... 
<laughs> it just like spitting like 50 miles. <laughs> but I have to say in these current times, I don't think you should be doing that. I know. Come on, COVID, guys. Come on. And I think that kind of rattles Stan a bit, doesn't it? It rattles him because he's a bit like, well, how did you know who I've been doing business with? Well, that's because they're the Mitchells and they know everything. You know what really confused me? The fact that they've said they've been working with Chelsea Stan yeah, for a year or maybe more, but we've never heard of him. Never heard of him, never seen him. Never seen him, never known what kind of business they've done together. Maybe he was a silent partner. Could have been. Failed to show his gratitude, because the deal's back on between Chelsea Stan and the Mitchells. To show his gratitude, he goes to give Kat some cash. She lets him know she didn't do it for the cash. She did it for the hashtag, hashtag fat. That felt really awkward when he handed it over the money. And then also, <sighs> Sharon bought them drinks to celebrate. Which is weird, considering they'd like, pretty much called everything off. Because yeah. Phil didn't turn up to that meal. But she was still holding out hope because Jean was very much pushing that this was going to happen again. <laughs> I mean, come on, Jean. Do you see the size of that pie she made? Bloody huge, wasn't it? And it was just for her and Phil. I know, I was like, flipping heck. He's a bit ungrateful, wasn't he? He was. Someone went all that effort and he didn't even flip and stay around to eat the pie. The least he could have done was eat the pie. Yeah, although I can understand after what's happened with Ian why you might not want to eat the pie. Well, true. Yeah, true. <laughs> yeah, and you certainly don't really want to take a drink. Yeah, I mean, I didn't see any tea out, so that's a plus. Oh, that is, yeah, that's a bonus. But you never quite know, do you? I mean, she did used to say that, you know, like Ian Ian loved her tea and, and then she kind of said to Phil that he loved her pies, so... So a little bit disturbing, a little bit worrying there. We never quite know. Once you get a taste of poison, people, you never quite lose it, do you? <laughs> well, Let's see if Sharon would do it. I mean, the fact you've said that now when I go around to yours, I feel like I understand what you do put in my drinks. Hmm. Yeah. You know what? You make a good cuppa, you do. Thank you. Thank you. I do try. Uh, do you know what? I don't like to put it out there, but my special ingredient, well, let's just say it's extra special. It's over the counter. And uh, if you take too many, it kills you. Plot to kill Ian and all that was fun, but who knew? Poison people and co- conspiracy to poison people. It ain't normal. According to Phil, it ain't normal. I do love that that's how he dumped Sharon. Listen, Sharon. Listen. We're not right for each other. We're poison people when we're together. <laughs> like, I've heard of every way of dumping someone except that. Like, you know, we can't be together. We'll kill the world. I love it's it because... Like, it's like, it's like he goes off and goes back to Kat and it's like, see, we poison people together. We just rob buildings. Yeah. Yeah. One crime's better than the other. Yeah. <laughs> he knows for a fine fact, Kush isn't going to be involved next time. So he's fine. I mean, yeah, that, he does definitely know that. He definitely <laughs> knows that. Um, I just do love that him and Kat... They have this beautiful moment, and I really loved it because it was really fun, where Kat's like, I've had better, you know. I've had better. You're not all that. So if you want to go back to Sharon, you can ha- she can have you. Because, uh, you know, I'm not going to be treated like the way you treat all your other women. And he's like, there's nothing happening between me and Sharon, Kat. 
And then he goes, you've had better, have you? We'll have to put that right. I was like, oh, my God, play the porno music. It's start again. <laughs> it's, you might well, just well. Like, you might just well just come along, dressed as a plumber and being like, I hear you've got a leak. You need sorting. <laughs> like, that. It's like that level of like cringy line, isn't it? I love it. And then they don't even make it up the stairs. I was like, flipping heck, what if Ben had walked through? Well, he does. What if Lexi came in? <laughs> ben does come in. He doesn't suspect a thing. I mean, cat's hair's all over the place. I make up. I mean, yeah. everywhere. Nah. Still stuck in his like, shirt in. Not like, a clue. Not a clue. Nah, it's, it's straight radars off. It's straight <laughs> radars off, isn't it? <laughs> and he's not impressed with Kat anyway, is he? He doesn't really like her that much. No. He starts slagging her off and Phil kind of doesn't defend her and even joins him a bit. And he's like, yeah, she's only good for scrubbing toilets. And poor Kat actually he has all of this. And she has some wonderful revenge planned shell suit stands just a nickname that uh, the mitchells call him well she's gonna go and tell him and he's really really upset about this because he really loves his shell suits and you could see the tears in his eyes i feel like he was deeply deeply hurt <laughs> he was <laughs> deeply hurt by that he was like i could just imagine cat tell him he's like thanks for letting me know darling and then she goes off right and then he just goes <laughs> That's all the women friends. <laughs> Just in the corner like that. <laughs> I thought I was there. He's not happy. And he lets Ben wait and wait and wait. I love that that's how he gets revenge on Ben, by the way. Standing up. Standing Ben up is how he gets revenge. You know, he's he's got it wrong. And no offence to him. But he should have here, if he's not impressed, which he isn't. Yeah. He should have sent the Irish guy round to tell Ben. That's just cur- it's just common courtesy. It is. It is. That's how you do it. When you're not impressed with something or someone, you send that random Irish guy who we still have no idea who he is around. I mean, they're in a boy band together, for God's sake. I know. You know, it's the least they could do for each other. Come on, you know. Everyone loves sick. Yes. Aka Shell Suit Stan, Irish guy, and Caleb. We we all love them. So really, you know. Got to lean on your friends. Got to lean on your friends sometimes. As Ben panics and starts accusing everyone of basically letting out the secret that only he and Phil really knew about, he starts pointing fingers. He starts pointing fingers. He blames Sharon, blames Kirat. He blames pretty much everyone except from the the most obvious, which is Phil and Kat. (laughs) Since they're suddenly new partners. (laughs) And well, Phil finds out it was cat that said something because well she just quite happily goes and tells him love it i love the way she's she's like yeah it was me (laughs) and it's just like you ain't no oil painting either (laughs) just like love it trash just business and then flipping clawing at him with some you know just filthy burns i love it so phil decides he needs to protect cat and he just tells ben to drop it all but ben's not gonna do that is he no 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 I mean, we know Ben, and dropping things, it's not really, it's not really in his nature, as says. He's quite, he holds on to a grudge. <laughs> and he sees uh, Shelsuit Stan demanding the original, the classic, the one and only 
100 grand from Kirat. I mean, he's demanding that, but what he wants is actually 50 today and then 50 tomorrow. I think that's that's quite, very important. That is very reasonable, though, because sometimes you yeah. say 100 by the end of the day and he has allowed him another day. That is yeah. that is nice. Also, as far as like money laundering goes, aren't you meant to like, funnel it through a number of businesses, not just like one? Because that's how you get caught. Not that I'm a money launderer. <laughs> I was like, okay. No, but like I've watched like loads of things, like how like um they do, like how criminal organisations do it, and like you know they'll buy up like loads of shops, random trashy shops, and they'll pretend that they're like a supermarket or like a random news agent, but everything will be like out of date and bad, and they'll just be funneling the dirty money through that shop. So. It's a little bit odd that Kira thinks he can get away with doing it from just one business. I'm glad that you figured out what the storyline was because I wasn't 100% sure. <laughs> I thought Star was just paying him. <laughs> I didn't understand. I was like, I don't know who Shellsuit Stan is. I don't know why these two families are in business with him and how long they've been in business for him. And I don't understand yeah. why he's asking for money and what's going on and why what their business is. And it's been confusing me right up until you've just said that. I love that. See, now you know. That's that's the beauty of this show. We educate people, Emma. That's what we aim to do. Well, what, what's the aim of the show is Connor educates me, clearly. <laughs> I love how it's always criminal stuff, though, that I'm educating you on. It's like it's I'm trying true. to turn you into, like, a, a mass mass criminal. That, to me, just makes me think that you just saw, like, stab. It's like, he has 100 just for you, love. Just because you're pretty. Like, just handing cash over the key rat. Like, just because you look good with a beard. There you go. I didn't know what was going on. I was you like... You think was just his lover? No, I thought, like, maybe... They'd done some business and then it was like, finished and he was he something. was like yeah and he was like paying him cash <laughs> for the service <laughs> it, it never actually expanded or explained <laughs> yeah it was very it was very briefly like little moments where they'd be like and i'll have 100 here like 50 50 today 50 tomorrow they're like there were more hints than they were like explicitly saying that they're money launderers, but that is exactly what they were doing. Right. Yeah. Well, I can now watch next week's episodes. Well, this week, for yeah, you, when you're listening, um, and understand what's going on a bit more. Ah. The more you know, you know that like meme where it's like it's like a little rainbow yeah. in the star. And everything. That, <laughs> that's that's like what that's what we need. Did you actually notice any realization on my face as you said money laundering? I was like. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have to watch last week's again just to understand the story. Yeah. <laughs> I love the fact, right? I'm sat here doing a podcast with you, talking about this storyline, yeah. and the entire time, unknown anyone. Well, I mean, probably known everyone. I've had <laughs> no idea what's been going on. <laughs> That's like a beautiful innocence, isn't it? It's like, I was like, oh, look, they've just been doing some criminal stuff. Not really touching on it because they're good criminals, really. And then it's like, actually, you know, it's money laundering. (laughs) I bet someone's mentioned it in one of the episodes and I've just went like blank and not been. Yeah, like just pick it up. Yeah, just didn't pick it up and then just carried on with my day. You know why? It's because you were distracted by that beautiful shell suit. How did you know that's what exactly what I was going to say? Yeah. 
it happens to everyone, Emma. I can't tell you how many times I've seen him across the dance floor. That shell suit's just been shining it, shining a certain way, and I've just thought, why not, Connor? Also, can we just talk about shell suit stands, friend, before we go on any further? Yes. That's an interesting pairing, isn't it? He doesn't speak. Yeah, it kind of freaked us out a little because I was just like, I know he's an extra, but like, can you give him a little bit more life? He kind of seems like he's just been reanimated or something. <laughs> like, there's just like no verbalization, just looming ominously <laughs> in the background. It was quite scary. I was like, does Stan even know that he's there? Oh, well, Is he's he like a figment a... of Stan's imagination. Yeah. <laughs> Has Stan created him? Like, <laughs> I was kind of like, is that, you know, like how sometimes in like scary films, there's like a ghost that haunts people and it only follows them. Only they can see it or something. Is is that what's happened there? Did Stan kill someone? Is that that teenage kid who um, was shot by <gasps> Caleb? Maybe. Oh. Maybe. You know what I found really Mad- creepy? He just stood there and he just stared and I was like, oh my God, he's staring into my soul. Yeah, it was. Oh like my that. god, maybe that was the plan. Maybe he stares at your soul and you don't realise what they're doing is money laundering. There you go, he got you, Emma. He got he us. He got you. Got you. I'm under his spell. Oh no. I mean once once Stan's got you under his spell, you can't escape. Can't escape, Emma. Can't fight the moonlight, no. <laughs> yeah, can't fight it. <laughs> can't fight it. <laughs> We're so nineties. <laughs> Staz, Stan, shell suit. He decides he's going to go into business with Kirat. And uh, Ben's a bit jealous, isn't he? Oh, yes. bit jealous. He just admires the lovely couple, but Kirat knows. Kirat knows that Ben's Ben's a little bit green. He, he knows that Ben wants to be in bed with him rather than have Stan in bed with him. <laughs> we all know where this is going. Bound chicka Connor would like to issue an apology. Yes, um I I feel like I kicked a rather large hornet's nest the other week when making a joke. <laughs> I just would like to just just read a few words. I apologize for my atrocious, atrocious behaviour. I will never again stray from the path that is Balam. But if I do, it will be probably because of a tracksuit wearing stars and and a beautiful man with a beard. That is all I have to say. Hashtag Now, we have always been the ultimate shippers. We ship everyone with anyone. And yeah. I mean, look how it's, how it's turned out. I mean, we've got hashtag fat. But now... Kim's decided that's the business she wants to go into. So I think we should partner up. I mean, I was going to say them. I was like, hey, if she wants in on this, she has to come to us. She has to come to us. Love you, Kim, but don't you be stepping on our toes. We, we are the millionaire matchmakers of E20 and EastEnders. Let's get that right. If you want to be part of it, and also there's going to have to be brand talks because I'm not being funny. Foxcatcher. It sounds a bit like you take part in Fox Murder. It did sound like hunting, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, it did. Yeah. yeah. What would we call I, ours? What would we call our business? I feel like we have to call it something synonymous with us. Mm. So, get your stand is a good name because everyone yes. needs to get a stand. Get your everyone. Get your get a stand. Stand. 
Either that or us on first. The business. Oh, yes. Let's go there. <laughs> I want to do, because I am obsessed. Absolutely obsessed. I'm actually upset because it's, it's finished now. I'm, obs- yeah. I'm obsessed with Married at First Sight Australia. Oh, yeah, yeah. That is. Cool. I think we should branch into that area where we marry off the couples of Walford before they've had a chance to like get to know each other. And then we we see what happens, put them all in um, a multi-story building and they can all interact and then they can all argue. And it's just, yes, it's just a TV Imagine, we need. Imagine like Isaac and Lola are there and, it, and she's like, do you know what? I'm absolutely sick to death. I, I, I really fancied the guy, but after living with him for a few weeks, I found out that he's got the most disgusting habit. I mean, can you imagine, like, there's those weird little habits that you know you will find out when you just suddenly start dating someone. Because imagine, imagine how you could have the complex, like, the two doors next to each other could be Lola and Isaac here, and then the next door, Jane, Honey. Then on the next floor, you've got another two couples that have split up. Billy will just be wandering the halls. Yeah, Billy will just be haunting the place like a ghost. (laughs) (laughs) I just love this idea that, like, you could have any couple. Because can you imagine, like, Bobby and Dottie are sat there watching TV, and he's like, oh, I thought it would be a dream being with her. Proper bad girl type. But all she does is pick her scabs. <laughs> like, could you imagine if they're, like, they've got horrible traits that they don't know about? You know, like, Peter might look great, but does he wear deodorant in the house? He might not. I feel like he's really lazy when he's at home. And I think <laughs> that'll put Ash off. Yeah. It could be really dramatic, though, because obviously he's had the thing with Suki. So then at the end, they can show, because they, they show things that people have yeah. said and done. And that is when Ash finds out they were having a thing behind her back. <gasps> dramatic. A, EastEnders a meets Married at First Sight. It is what we need. EastEnders at First Sight. Perfect. Yes. There we go. Oh, mar- we go. oh Married by E20. Oh, love that. There's just so much we can do with this. We can so branch out. Kim, if you're listening, call her. Call her. Because we've got some business ideas to run your way. We want Obviously, you on board. She'll she'll do a good job. Yeah, the three I of us. I think she would. Well, her matchmaking, at least a little bit to be desired, doesn't it, Emma? Uh, not saying she's rubbish. But uh, she kind of uh, sort of just walks around asking lots of different women out for Isaac. I'm not sure that's how you matchmake. Not sure that that's how it works. I also love that Isaac thinks that Scottish notes aren't real money. Does he notice that? Do you think he's, like, he's ever seen one? Yeah, it was odd. He was like, that's not real. And I was like, I think you find it's the currency of Scotland. <laughs> well, Kim's gone around playing the pipe pipe of love, hasn't she? She's been trying to wrangle all the women in for Isaac. Turns out not many women are catching. Um, but one has... Lola, she's ready to get back on that dating scene. And can I just say, she looked fabulous. I was like, she's looked the best she's ever looked. I was like, flipping heck, she never made this store that for Fiji. And they were almost <laughs> married. <laughs> they almost had a child. Like, I she feel literally, like... She literally looked stunning, like sat down in that, uh, waiting for a second date. Yeah, like when she had her hair done and everything. <laughs> and like... What I thought is Isaac and Lola were actually a really good pair and I like them. They brought out the best sides of each other that you don't really get to see because they're often showing Lola to be always angry or 
Well, you pick up Lexi. Yeah, yeah. And we haven't really got to know Isaac. And when we have, he's been weighing in bins. So. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Now that the ticket. Hey, hey, that's all the trend now. Ruby did it just the other week. Oh, true, true. We're all doing it these days. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone, get your bins out. (laughs) Go on, get your bins. I've got one right here. (laughs) It's the the bin storyline, but like a a modern day twist. It's like when they do those productions of like Shakespeare, but they do it modern. Yeah. Like, oh, it's like it's set in like modern day. This is how they do the bit storyline, modern day. <laughs> so yeah, and then when they were together, they were both funny. They're really showing. Yeah. Like, I feel like you actually got to know both of them a lot more. <laughs> I was just going to say, like them. you are so right. You are so right. It did flesh them out so much more than what they have been in the last, like, year or something. Like, I feel like since Isaac's come back, we've got to see bits of his life. But actually, this is the first time that we saw him as a character, like, flourish. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the same with Lola, really, you're right. Like, Lola kind of came back as, as, like, a bit naggy and, like, angry at everyone and stuff. And it's just very one-dimensional, where, like, now we've got to see more facets of our character than we have for ages. Um, and it's just nice to see a return to that. Well, it's all going smoothly until Isaac's eyes lay upon the Scottish £20 note <gasps> again. Maybe he's just scared of £20 notes. That's all maybe, I'm <laughs> maybe, maybe he's like hypnotism or something. You're like, now don't you worry, Isaac. This £20 note from Scotland will not harm you. It's not here to antagonise you. I know you've had a bad experience with one, but don't you worry. This one's good. Seriously, since he lays his eyes upon it again, he's like... <gasps> I mean, this, it's so funny, isn't it? Like, we've all been trying to guess, like, Isaac's health problem for ages. And actually, like, all of his unusual behaviours are starting to make a little bit more sense. And, and like, this week in, in general, like, has showed you him acting far more paranoid than usual, far more, like, kind of flying off for no apparent reason um and it may be just hinting towards something that we'll come to later and it's quite quite interesting that it was this 20 pound note that set all that off wasn't it because like i was sat there going flipping heck how many scottish 20 pound notes does kim have and and secondly like what's wrong with one like it's like isaac has a real aversion to them (laughs) and he like runs home just he runs home he's all that goes and shouts and balls in kim's face and i was like I hope there's a reason behind this. And it's not he just, just like... hates the £20 notes. He, he just he, hates them. Just give them some fives and tens, guys. Fives and tens are fine, but £20 notes? No. no. <laughs> Disgusting. Yeah, so he runs over because there's been a bit of a misunderstanding. It turns out, although Kim tried to pay Isaac, she didn't try to pay Lola. She did pay for her nails, though. And actually, Lola went because she does like Isaac. Because we'd seen a hint of that previously we have yeah uh, a couple of times so awkward and so isaac runs out to try and rescue a doomed knight and he apologizes to lola and he tells her that he likes her and that he was just he's just had bad experiences um and that's what kind of set him off meanwhile i love this bit i love this bit (laughs) My all-time favourite scene. And I knew as soon as I saw her, I was like, man, I'm not going to come obsessed with this. I need a gif of it. I love it so much. Cherie is just <laughs> leering out from behind a door, 
staring. It was so <laughs> odd. I was like, where does this come from? It's the way she, she creeps like, out slowly. <laughs> just leaning around the corner, eyes wide. <laughs> She's like, no one will touch my Isaac. I just love it. I feel like she would have just been like, Patty, fetch me the gun. <laughs> like, I feel like that's what was going to come next. Like, she's going to just take her out. It was so weird to see her and Lola having such a good time earlier in the data. Her suddenly like, I despise you. Yeah. <laughs> so although Sheree is going to do everything in her power to keep Isaac away, they're going to go on another date anyway. And he goes to pop by work and see Lola Cherie makes a little lie and says Lola's not in, which is a believable one because I mean, it is. Lola's very rarely there. Yeah, <laughs> she's always busy. Conveniently, she's listening to music at this time, uh, so she doesn't hear a thing. And I love how professional she is. Yes. So professional, Lola. <laughs> Goes out of work at 10 because it's not that busy <laughs> and then also sits in work listening to music. So professional. <laughs> so professional. And, well, Cherie tries to get Isaac to stay away from Lola by taking Patty out for a drink. Yes, that'll do the world of good for him. Because she's like, since since he got out of hospital, Patty really, he really needs just, you know, some time with her. And also, did you notice, like, the way she talked about him was like, we're not going to be here much longer. Yes! <laughs> like, she was like... Are you planning oh something? <laughs> I was saying, we were right all along. <laughs> they do murder their lovers. Well, we haven't heard from Ted. That's so true. Say, one does push him in the volcano or something, hasn't she? Like, Cherie is just, like, so funny. And I just can't help but laugh at that because, like, the minute that anything with Isaac, like, now, when Patty's like, well, we're talking about medication. But why was he on medication? Oh, nothing. Don't worry yourself. <laughs> I mean, Tree, you can't lie. You can't lie. Everyone knows that you're hiding something. Yeah. Everyone. <laughs> I love the way when he asks you, she's like, nothing. Yeah, broken arm, Patty. Broken arm. <laughs> like, how many flipping morphine pills were they giving him? Do you know what I mean? For true, because he was like on about taking regular medication. She's like, painkillers. That's all. It's like, was he addicted? It's weird because actually, when they were putting all the hints together, because obviously it was going to be a big reveal on the Thursday. Yes. I didn't think it was going to be what it was. When, no. But when you look back and then you makes listen sense. to it, it makes sense. It was very cleverly done. Even his like, relationship with alcohol early on, like his, behavior, his inappropriate behaviour like and choices that he was making at like, school and stuff. And, and like we, we comically refer to paying in a bucket. But like all of these things, like there were all hints that we just didn't pick up on. That something quite wasn't right with Isaac's, like, health or, I like, think, him in, in general. Yeah, we all thought that maybe at first it was all spiralling because of um, Patrick Beanie's dad and him not knowing yeah. and then Cherie and him just then went on holiday and left him. Um, but it looks like they've been planning this for a while and it's just been quite a slow burner and then it's all yeah. come out. It's very well written when you look at it, like, in the long the yeah. long run that's why he's telling us to do so well at the minute i feel i feel like they they make you think that a, a story is going to end somewhere or like it's going to end like it's not going to be a big story and then as it 
was on, you suddenly start tying all these other things together and you're like, oh my God, this has actually been in the works for ages. And it's like, you know, that big surprise when you're like, oh my God, this makes sense. Like that kind of moment. It's so good. Sharon being Ian's poisoner and like attempted murder and stuff. All of those were sort of like that way. You got the little hints of the phone and things. And it's the same with Isaac's health. And it's so good. So well done. Very excited for where it goes. But Sheree's not having any of this. She goes out to see Isaac and Isaac's smoking. Now our new new resident smoker. Um, Random, but okay. Well, Max then, is uh, gone. Max is gone. Someone needs to take over. He's going to date who he wants to date. He's ready to date. He's lonely. But don't worry, Isaac. You've got, you've got Sheree and Patty. I love, like, I love when she said that. Don't worry. You've got me and Patty. Um, well, I mean, you've just said Patty's not going to be around for much longer, Sheree. So, you know. <laughs> that narrows it down. About that. <laughs> As he says, he's, he's managing it. He's ready for a relationship, you know, and she likes Lola. She knows Lola. Surely she can be like, yeah, okay, give it a go with Lola. Yeah, Lola's not a bad person. Like, I know we give her some chips sometimes, but only when she's working a ticket. And <laughs> I mean, we then, call them all out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we do call everyone out. And also, just translation, working a ticket, it's Geordie for basically being naughty or, or <laughs> causing trouble. I forget that not everyone knows that dialect. Isaac and his... Um, mother are like at this loggerhead but Isaac's like no I'm ready now I'm like an adult I'm ready to have a relationship so he goes back to to have Lola you know on a date or something they go to the pub and they're having a really lovely time Sheree who's been Lola's friend all the way throughout her time at the salon suddenly turns vicious and like corners Lola and she's like listen to me listen to me I'm warning you little girl you don't mess with me if you don't leave Isaac I'm going to fire you. I was like, Jesus Christ, Sheree, where did this come from? Maybe me and Emma were right to distrust you at the beginning. She doesn't have the power to fire Lola. Denise... No, I was thinking that too. Denise is the one who owns it. Denise owns it. (laughs) Odd. Hmm. They're not going to fire her. Lola has not done any work for about three years. And she's still still there. there. (laughs) So, like, I don't think anything Sheree's going to say is going to get her fired. I just think Cherie's become a bit of a jobs worth there then. Yes. I think she's become a bit like that woman who like fired Ash. You know, she's like, it's going to have to be suspension. I'm like, who are you? <laughs> Ash is a doctor. Like, do you know what I mean? She's an actual doctor. I love it. What that woman. Do you have? Did she have any authority? She has no authority. No authority here. I'm sorry, Jackie Weaver. She has no authority. Read the standing orders. Read them and understand them. <laughs> <laughs> So sadly, Lola has to depart and Isaac's basically alone again. But don't worry, he's got Patty and Sheree to look after. <laughs> and the next day, this is when we find out he has schizophrenia. Yes, it makes sense. He finally just says what it is. He says, I've got schizophrenia, mum. And it was really nice to say, like, Isaac, stand up and say that. Duh. Mark's decided he wants to book Ruby a scan. A little bit weird. I think, you know, as an adult, she can do that herself or her doctor would come across and do it. But he's starting to notice things, isn't he, Emma? Like, the doctor's not been in touch since, really, she's coming up to her 12th week. And she still hasn't had any sort of interaction with the doctors. But, you know, with this, when, like, she's been very secretive about it, she's been, like... 
quiet or hiding things and then obviously we know she goes to the scan alone does martin not remember when stacy done this because this happened with stacy when it was kush's baby surely that was that was ringing some alarm bells (laughs) i mean i do love martin's evolution here because as you say he's still not quite figured out that when a woman is trying to stop you knowing about the scans or the dates there's probably something going on there. <laughs> and so Ruby goes for her seven-week scan, not 12, in a private clinic. And, uh, well, only problem is, though, the date. I mean, dates are so pesky, aren't they? Because, I mean, they tell a lot about when you got pregnant. <laughs> and so... Damn those dates. <laughs> I would have gotten away with it if it wasn't for you pesky days. <laughs> if it wasn't for biology. Like, I do love that she's like so annoyed. And then she does the creepiest thing I've ever seen. She waits around <gasps> the clinic uh-huh. pretending she's waiting for someone right until someone who is like over 12 months and has over their tw- <laughs> Wow. She just- <laughs> That's a long time. <laughs> she's Ooh. an elephant really or a, or a wheel or whichever one's going for like, yeah. Uh, that poor woman. I know. It's like, been expecting for at least at least four or five months now. It's not moved. <laughs> Longest the, uh, pregnancy ever. Well, she waits around for someone who's you know, got a 12-week scan. Well, 20 weeks. It's all very confusing because obviously Ruby then not... It's a wish that she's clumsy as she gets a leaflet that's nowhere and near her and throws it. Oh. <laughs> oh, sorry, clumsy, aren't I? <laughs> and um, so it's got her scan picture in there, but it was a 20-week scan. So it's got a name on, the date on. So Ruby's going to have to either cut that off or cover it up. But if you cover it up, at some point it's going to be taken out of a frame obviously we know she's done that and it's gonna have the name and that on but like yeah. it's also gonna say 20 weeks as well as this woman's name and this woman's now going home without a baby scan and she's it's not gonna know it. that was awful i didn't like that my mom's got like over our baby scans like and and like i know how important they are to her and stuff like they are precious things like to take to take a baby scan from a woman who's like expecting is just wicked like i know ruby's desperate but like also this is like sinister like that's like something else and then to convince martin that like it's like that it's his baby it's like sick like when he's like getting it framed and everything and he's like gonna put it on the wall don't worry because that scan makes up for the fact that she's being mean to martin and also strangely after me and emma mentioned this it popped up in the episode and i am astounded Ruby's place now does cake. <laughs> we made reference to this scene that it's not a proper cafe because they don't have like cakes or sandwiches out and suddenly Ruby's got a cake on a plate and I was just like, my God, they listen. They really sandwiches listen. Sandwiches next. <laughs> Martin's got an ITI. He's thankful for the cake and the beer. I mean, he seems to be like an alcoholic himself because he seems to always be drinking beer. Um, he's got an ITI though. Holiday with all of his and Kit, Stacey's kids. How is that less stressful for her? How is that relaxing? I know. I love looking after, like, you know, like my younger family members and, like, my brother and sister and stuff. Like, but come on, kids are a lot of work. And Martin has a lot of kids. 
He has a lot of kids. It's the way he doesn't even like check with Stacey first. He's like, yeah, let's invite the kids. And you can tell Ruby's like, oh, I just wanted to go and relax on holiday. Um, <laughs> and not have, like, let's be honest. One of your kids, Martin, is a right terror. It's, yeah, like Lily, you know, she's going to play up. You, you, you know she is. You know that's happening. Arthur, do you really think after this whole kidnapping debacle that that Stacey's going to go, oh, yeah, let him go on a plane. Let him yeah, he deserves holiday. a holiday. <laughs> <laughs> Reference to Cush there who said Arthur deserves a holiday. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> after you kidnapped him. And <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. And then after Hope. Him and Ruby took him. I mean, we haven't seen Hope in a while, but... Um, I mean, she can have a lovely time. <laughs> yeah, really she'll see. have a lovely time. Yeah. It'll be nice to get out of the club at. it be nice to get out of the club at. Yeah. Terry's still in there. <laughs> I mean, I love that um, That Martin thinks, like you say, like it's just fine. You're just taking all on holiday. Also, it's a pandemic. Ah, true. Of course, this holiday, though, creates a bit of drama, doesn't it? It creates a bit of, uh, a bit of naughty, uh, naughty struggle. It kind of creates a little bit of stress. It makes... Makes some of the kids act up, a.k.a. Lily. Makes Stacey a bit peeved off, as usual. Yeah, but it goes down well. Yeah, and it goes down well. I mean, I don't blame Stacey for being angry and not wanting the kids to go away. They're, they're her kids as well, and it's, you know, they've, they've planned this before even telling her. And she even says to Kush, she was like, it's like he's not giving the kids a choice. Yeah, listen, my parents blew up years ago. But if we went on holiday or went anywhere, like, my dad would have to run that by my mum beforehand because that's who we lived with. That's who cared for her. It's just a common courtesy thing. And Martin doesn't run it by Stacey. He comes up with these ideas, then just drops them on Stacey. And it's like, is that all right? No. But Martin should know that that's inappropriate to do and he just doesn't, he's clueless. Yeah, like if you've got the opportunity to stay at home on the Easter holidays or go to Greece, you are going to pick go to Greece and it's like... Of course. I feel, I feel really sorry for Stacey in that moment. Yeah, he shouldn't have done that. That puts Stacey in a really awkward position. Yeah. It's not okay, it's not right to just drop that on her. And obviously if she says no, she's going to look like the bad person. Yeah, and then, the, then Lily, Lily's going to act up, obviously. Of course. Look at that, she's already acting up, she's like super naughty already. She's like, Ruby, if you buy me this uh, nail polish, I'll I'll put in a good word for the holiday. <laughs> Ruby being a moron, Diz. I'm just saying. <laughs> God. Imagine using kids as your like backup to try and, you know, like your schemes. I'm not being funny, Ruby. I think you've fallen far if you have to rely on 11-year-old scheming. <laughs> and it doesn't go down well with Stace. Stace gives it to Ruby at this moment and really lets her have it and ruby goes to the toilet to avoid all the drama and stuff and sadly she does come back and you can already see there's like a instant change in like her persona i mean stacy says herself what no witty comeback like there's no retorts there's no fire she looks really down and we find out why so ruby calls the clinic and she she says she's been bleeding she's seven weeks and she goes for another scan but they can't hear a heartbeat and she, when she comes home they they don't actually say at this point she's had a miscarriage you can just really see it in her face that this the loss yeah this is yeah. N- n- awful news it's um 
it's such a horrible thing. Obviously, I as a man can't understand it, but like as a secondary witness to it, I definitely understand like how like my my mom felt and how like you know other people in my family have had uh, miscarriages felt like um you know when they taught me how they would feel like it was basically exactly what ruby was feeling like you know distraught isolated lonely defeated like feeling like they've done something wrong to have caused it it was it was heartbreaking what happens next is stacy comes round she sees that Ruby's sobbing and it again like us Stacy even softens when she sees that she's like you know all that bluster and all that fire disappears they reminisce about Johnny they talk I did about laugh when he... um Stacy went we look like a panda yeah I love that as well <laughs> yeah I'm fine you look like a panda like <laughs> that'll cheer up Stace like love that I'll get you a coffee just goes behind the bar and makes a coffee <laughs> Like, I do love that as well. Like, don't worry. You put your feet up, love. I'll make a coffee in your bar. It was really nice to see her, like, be like, if your dad could see us now, we'd smack our heads together. I was like, well, if Johnny was around, he'd probably murdered you, Stace, because anyone who, like, hurt or upset Ruby would be dead. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, he, he almost took a knife to um, that uh, guy. Do you remember who dated Ruby? Jules. Jules. Do you remember Jules? Yeah. Almost took a knife to him. In a very intimate area. So, you know. You <laughs> <laughs> never played around, Johnny. <laughs> did he? Um, and it was just sweet to see them, like, how Ruby was like, you know, we always told each other everything. And where did this go wrong? Like, well, it just says it. I was like, we have all been saying this, Ruby, for months, and you've continued to go worse. Like, I know you can't hear we're from beyond the television, but the people who write your stories can. <laughs> <laughs> and then they all they end up in like another row again and it, it all just happens so so fast because like like Stacey's like well you know your dad would be proud because you know you're ordering hits out on us and sealing kids and stuff and you're doing all this criminal things and she's like get out of here like why are you seeing this like and then like stays like stuck a little princess and they, and they start like round again i was like wait we were friends five minutes ago guys can't we go back to being friends i just wish i just wish we were all back in middle school and i could just bake us all a cake of rainbows and smiles and everyone would like each other again i feel like that's that's what we need i feel like we need like someone like that ruby chases after stacy and this is where the moment happens. The moment we've all been dreading. And Emma mm. predicted. Emma predicted this. Who would have Ruby, thought it, eh? Yeah. Ruby would have uh, would have used this miscarriage to her advantage in this situation. And it was really grim, really dark, and unsettling to watch, really. Because mm. she reaches... By the way, I love the way that she charged as well. Like, Ruby... I don't know. Before I go... Wait, wait. Ruby's, like, charged at Stacey with something else. She was like... Boom, 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 arms swinging up. I was like, Jesus. It's like a soldier. Yeah. It's like on, um, my little brother's got this game called Resident Evil, like Resident Evil 2. And there's this big guy in it who like chases you around, bursts through walls. And he literally charges like that. You just hear these massive footsteps, like boom, boom, boom. And he just comes like running at you like that. I was like, that's Ruby. That is Ruby. <laughs> um, and naturally, when you grab someone and like a, 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 they don't like it, 
they might recoil. And as Stacy recoiled, she accidentally knocked Ruby, who went flying down like four steps, but landed. And you, you knew as soon as she landed, that was it. She's got her story now. Our hero this week is Kim for being the ultimate matchmaker of Albert Square and taking our job over there. And we're obviously going to have to partner up. And also, Kim brings so much light to the square. She does. Like, I swear we need this in this, like, dark time in our, our history. Like, I think this is what we need. We need things like hashtag fat and we need Kim. We need, like, funny, funny things. Oh, slapping Dan. This week goes to Shell Suit Stan. I think he has to get a slap down this week. <laughs> Mostly because, well, he left Emma confused with that strange ghostly figure behind him who somehow sucked her soul out of her body and made her forget what he was doing. Also, we don't know what he was doing with all that money and he was also messing the Phil, uh, like Phil, Ben and Karat around. He kept like playing like the hokey-cokey with them. He was like, one minute he's with one and then the next minute the other. Listen, Stan, we all love a player, but come on. Choose your team. As Kim is our hero of the week, we will be rating out of Kim's. And we're going to give this week four Kim's. I mean, it had to be four Kim's because, well, firstly, Kim's a legend and uh, we stan her till the end of the time. And uh, she's she's just brought so much light herself and so much comedy. Loved watching her go around the square, like matchmaking and get like Ikra with the barmaid um, from, you know, the Albert and stuff like just all these lovely little moments with Kim and and then also like the other stuff with like shell suit Stan and and fat and like you know all these things it was just comedy gold this week then we also got a continuation of like Ruby spiraling descent which was really interesting gripping to watch and really heartbreaking as well I had a, a whole wave of emotions this week Emma. Duh. Welcome back to the Storyline Lottery. And this is where me and Connor pick. We we have no idea what the other one's going to say, so it's always interesting. It's always interesting. We're going to pick two characters. We're going to pick a location and a storyline topic. So I've got a character and a location. Connor's got a character and a storyline topic. And then we're going to pitch to you and you have to tell us if you is our E20 dragons, if you're in or out on this storyline. So, Connor, let's kick it off. So my character is none other than Agnes of Redwater. My character is Caleb. This has gotten interesting already. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the scenario then, Emma, has to be Caleb's looking to smuggle some drugs through in Thailand and the only place he can go is the Byrne family. But they have to do business on neutral turf. But where is that? Well, Emma has to tell her. Well, I've picked the location as Ruby's. <gasps> That's where all the dodgy deals go down. That's Come where on. it all goes down. Can you imagine, like, Dottie and Tiff, like, hosting that table <laughs> as well? Like, do you want a cup of tea, a bottle of vodka, <laughs> a suitcase full of drugs? <laughs> Caleb's always there when he's doing the dodgy calls. Oh, he is. I mean, he's a hunk. He's a hunk. He's a he's a lovely guy, really, when he's not shooting teenagers. So I think what what would happen is um, yeah. Agnes would appear and mm-hmm. Caleb would obviously 
be there talking like this. Yes, of course. And he's bought her a new coat. It's all going down pretty well. And yeah. well, he's he's talking about that time that well, he just he just shot that guy in Ibiza. And, and she, Agnes is thinking she's loving it, but really she would like some peas at this point. So she steals from the table next to her where Tommy Moon sat. Yeah. And then like, <laughs> she just goes over, she goes, oh, he doesn't like his peas. And starts, starts munching on them. Because <laughs> Ruby now has peas. <laughs> I mean, she has cakes and she never used to do cakes. So, you know. <laughs> well, just as all this is going down the weather, just as all this is going down, the sort of deal out, Guess who comes in to undercut them? Well, it's none other than Shell Suit Stan. <laughs> <laughs> but who will Agnes pick? That is the dilemma. That's where the duff duff happens. So tell us, are you in or are you out? This week's episode is sponsored by e20harmony.com. Do you really need a date? Is your mother the only girl in your life? Well, perhaps you need us. Come to e20harmony.com, where you can find any woman, anytime, anywhere. Some will even take drugs to Ibiza for you, for the right price. Hope you enjoyed the fireworks. Good night.